0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our uh, pleasure and privilege to welcome you to the program. Please stay with us for the whole hour as we are going to talk about health today and maybe for the rest of the week. It's very important to uh, know how to stay healthy. And uh, my dear friend, uh, by now you should know that you can be part of this program if you send us a text message to zero four triple eight a A0811. This is a program where we respond to difficult uh, Questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Now, I have today a special guest coming with us via phone this time. It's very good to have with us today Casey. Casey, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Now, uh, Casey, you are joining us via phone from somewhere in New South Wales. Uh, can you tell us where are you right now? And uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Now, I know that um, you are a nutritionist, uh, lifestyle consultant, um, training and uh, making assessments of the health of many people. Yeah, please just yeah. tell us um, a few in few words about yourself, because uh, our listeners may not uh, have. I've heard you before.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I um I live in, in Curranwong, uh which is a little town, just about probably forty minutes south of Newcastle, um an hour north of Sydney. So that's where I'm based. And um, yeah, I'm very passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health and well-being. Um, I've had uh, a number of years working experience at a place called Cedarvale Health Retreat, which is on the other side of Sydney. Um, and, um, that's been very valuable to just meet a lot of people and understand different health needs, um, relating to mainly helping people with lifestyle change, people who want to change their lifestyles to better their health. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, doing a lot of that kind of a thing, so.
0: Yes, when you said the lifestyle, straight away um popped in my mind, um you know, this aspect um, around health, you know, many, I mean, we are all uh, interested in health because we want to live a healthy life, not to be sick, not to go to the doctor. Um, but there are many things out there in, um, you know, in the community and all sorts of uh, programs um, to help, uh, even with losing weight and all other things. Um, and there are many, and diets. That's what I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some, some sort of diet. Might be and- like a- like a weight loss
1: program or something like that where people are doing a 30 days diet and exercise regime or something.
0: (laughs) That's correct. And then you may achieve uh, some good things, but then you're falling back. And that's what I heard uh, from many people, why this doesn't work. But you mentioned something different, lifestyle. Now, lifestyle, we may talk a little bit during this uh, program what that means. And you mentioned, um, you know, a center, a retreat. Cedar Vale, and yeah, we're happy to mention uh, their name here, where people can go for a number of days, maybe um, 10 or 12 days, uh, a series yeah. of 10, 12 days, something like that, and uh, follow a particular program. But that's not all. When you live there, that's not, that's it. You you just went there for 12 days. You follow up for the rest of your life, some things which you learn. Is that true? That is correct.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true. So yes, going to a retreat, it's usually like a kids' Kickstart, mm-hmm. uh, it helps you to get a, a feel for the lifestyle. But then um, the challenge comes when you're trying to implement it at home for the long term. Um, and yeah, basically, I guess we find that the kickstart can be really helpful for people because they can already start to feel the benefits, and that helps to uh, create motivation for people um, to continue uh, doing it at home. So that that is yeah one of the the ways that that has a a, a plus mm. <laughs> um, doing something like that.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, and we may be able to mention during this uh, program uh, some of those aspects. But my dear friend, listening today again, my invitation is for you to join us. Uh, you can send us a text message with uh, maybe a question, a thought, just a comment uh, in regard to the program, which we are going to just uh, elaborate a little bit uh, further. The number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Please save this number because we are going to. Um, uh, give you um, a gift uh, today and you know by now if you are a frequent listener to <laughs> faith FM that we are very happy to to give some gifts to our listeners and we have a book prepared for you uh, you may just need to send us a code when I will talk about that but again on this number you may need to send us a text message with the with the code now uh, Casey I I just um, I'm wondering if we could uh, talk a little bit uh, just under the um, segment uh, um, World Watch um, about still about health. You know, I'm reading an article here from um, Christian uh, Headlines. Seven ways phones produce anxiety and lead to mom guilt. Now, when I look at that, I thought, what's that uh, all about? And I was just reading on, uh, in this uh, article the constant pressure to stay in the known cause many moms to be glued to their phones 24-7. However, this is one of the lead- leading factors behind a uh, rise in anxiety. Now unfortunately due to the due to the bombardment of notifications and the temptation of um, aimlessly scrolling you know moms often fan, find the, uh, themselves and find themselves focused um, their focus shifting away from their children leading to a sense of mom guilt What's your first um, comment, you know, in regard to this? You may come across probably with people who are, uh, um, you know, dealing with anxiety or depression and so on and so forth. When when I look at this uh, headline here, what do you think?
1: Yeah, well, certainly I think that the bones can have quite a captivating uh, influence. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to draw you into all sorts of interesting things, and and um, they it's kind of hooking you to keep looking. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. they can be very distracting, um, and they can even be addictive. Um, As I know that there's been people who have even studied uh, addiction to to media, um, and of course you get access straight to it from your phones. Yes, so. Um, yeah I think there certainly is uh whilst it's unfortunately today is a very necessary part of life mm-hmm. to and to have a phone it's become that way um but it's it's something that really has to be managed carefully so that it doesn't take over uh other important parts of our lives um and also so that it doesn't have a controlling influence over the mind um mm. uh, because obviously, you know, if it's anxiety, well, the, the anxiety um, could be coming from different areas, like it could be because you're, you're becoming anxious because you're um, not able to keep up with everything, or yeah. you might be out on stuff um, online, and um,
2: yeah. you might
1: see things that you become, like, it, you know, when you often people... are posting their profiles on media mm-hmm. and um, you might become anxious about your appearance mm-hmm. on on a media platform through <laughs> yeah, your phone and that kind of thing. So it, it can very much play with many different aspects of your mind um, and it's important to, I guess, yeah, not let that become the ruling influence in your mm-hmm. daily life. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean, they're my first thoughts yeah, yeah, but look, <laughs> on something uh, uh, like this.
0: That's wonderful, um, uh, Casey, and you're right. And on this article, what um, really caught my attention is that uh, moms with all uh, very well intention, you know, to to be able to look after their children and constantly um, looking at the, you know, um, phones, as I said a bit earlier, for uh, known causes, you know, of um, different things for their babies. Now, uh, apparently may not uh, seems like anything uh, bad, but if you are constantly glued to that uh, device, then it may cause uh, problems. And the article is continued to say here, if you are constantly on the edge and unable to shake the feeling you should be more engaged with your kids, then <coughs> your phone may be the problem. And uh, the article is uh, talking about um, some good steps. So it says, yeah, here are seven uh, ways or seven steps. Um, uh, you know how um, this thing can produce uh, anxiety, uh, anxiety and even lead to to guilt, as I said a bit earlier. We may just mention maybe some of um, some of those uh, uh, steps. For example, uh, fear. Of missing out. We all know um, that um, FOMO <laughs> is real, especially when people on social media post about their family, vocations, special events, as you just mentioned before, uh, and um, exciting, you know, celebrations. It's human nature to want to be in the known, but it's also anxiety producing. To be consumed by the fear of missing out, and maybe m- many people are glued to the device twenty-four-seven just to be, um, you know, on the page. To say so, uh, another um, thing which um, this article uh, talks about is uh, wasting time, and mm. I believe uh, many of us we are guilty of this. And we look after we we spend maybe some people hours on the device, and then it looks like, oh no what I what I've done I miss out on doing my jobs do this do that even for um, moms who are spending more time home and they are not uh, let's say um, uh, pressured by a, a program you know to to go to work and do other things but. You still have a program at home, particularly if you if you have a baby and uh, things like that. I may mean, say another one, um, mention another one, and see if you have um, some thoughts on this um, casey. Because the third mm. the third step says here yeah, um, comparing yourself to others. Now mm. you mentioned already uh, a bit earlier that that's one of the things which uh, um, we may be very under pressure and uh, you know be anxious
1: yeah when, definitely. when
0: you compare yourself with others and you know you live in a virtual world there's nothing I mean there's not real you know it's uh, people can um, post a beautiful picture or a bit whatever it is uh, and do all the um, preparation for that it's one thing to be uh, to be connected on a virtual thing and another one to be real time. In life, yeah, yeah. What what would you Abs- say about this?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the things that you see online are only a small portion of, um, like, if you're looking at other people's lives, it's only it's only the cherry on top that you're looking at um, because you don't see the big picture where people are, at, and so you can get a distorted picture of their reality mm-hmm. and then think that their lives may be better than you. Yours or different to yours, and then you, as you're reflecting on your own life, you may have, mm-hmm. like you, you see all of the imperfections. I mean, you have some cherries. All of us have some cherries on top, too. We all have something that's um that's a blessing in our lives, but um, it's easy to see the things that are imperfect in our own situations, and the media hides all that from other people's lives often. So you can get these disordered pictures, and then in your mind you you think oh, I need to be better, or I need to be um, like you become anxious that you're not keeping up with the appearances of what the other p- people you're looking up to or comparing yourself with online, and that can be quite an unhealthy cycle to get into mm-hmm. um, to this comparison mindset uh, because each of us. Uh, yeah are unique, we have unique uh, situations, and we all are best if we focus on how to be the best people we can be. And that may look different for every single one of us. <laughs> and so in that sense, it's, it's pointless to compare yourself to someone else. Mm-hmm. So it should be your own standard for... Um, uh, trying to improve on yourself rather than trying to compare yourself to others to improve according to them.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, that mm, yeah, yeah. Be, be yourself. Be who you are. You cannot change yourself. Yeah. And And maybe you, you may try to change and then you may run in even uh, more uh, deeper uh, problems, you know, as uh, we already know, just looking ev- even into the um, show business and all those things, you know, people just running into all sorts of trouble because they are so... M- so concerned about their look or other things, but not only that. But look, another one um, says here uh, being tied to your notifications all the time to see what's happened, not to miss what's uh, going to happen. I mean, that's another one. And uh, the next one it says here uh, overusing media in all its forms now. <laughs> We live indeed in these times when uh, we are we we are not enjoying that social time in, in person with each other. We are just glued to these devices, whatever is uh, phone, TV, um, computers, and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, we're just missing out on real life. And then um, the last two uh, said here steps, you know, which uh, my dear friend, if you want to check out this article, you can and be uh, uh, acquainted with uh, what this one is saying. It says, it's saying, letting your phone became a babysitter. And I've Mm -hmm. seen that so many times. I've seen no, honestly, uh, not even a, a two-year-old, less, you know, uh, one-year-old, being able to turn the device on, and watch something which he um, he likes, what he's attracted to, that scares me. And the last one, yeah. the last one, it says here, um, uh, preferring our phones over spending time with our kids. Is that true? Now I, mean, I know you are um, a young couple. Um, you married not long ago. I think you celebrated uh, an, uh, the first anniversary uh, very recently. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, that's <laughs> you, it. You yep. haven't got children yet, but I'm that's sure. Right. I'm sure that as a, a professional, uh, you you came across uh, many moms, you know, uh, and their struggles and uh, whatever it is. What do you think about this last uh, uh, for? Um, steps which this article is talking about
1: yeah so I, i think it's um it's highlighting some very important things that the convenience of media um and that we have with our phones right on hand can very much take away from uh the optimal time that we should be i guess devoting to quality family experiences and so Um, Like, for example, where it talks about using your phone as a babysitter, it is a temptation (laughs) because phones and and the things that we see on the phone, they are very captivating for us adults, but even more so for a child. And the the thing that is of great concern with children is because their brains are still very much developing, uh, they can't... They haven't yet developed powers to discern between what is true and what is false and Mm -hmm. what is real and what is unreal. And there's a lot of a mixture of all of that stuff on the media. And so you want to be really careful what you're feeding the child through having them um, being exposed to stuff on the media. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is because it's, it's just a 2D dimensional thing using a device, it does take away from development opportunities for children. Like they develop best when they're doing things, when they're outside experiencing, you know, all different sensations with all the different five senses and um, uh, running around, burning off energy, breathing the fresh air. like all of these things are what really helps them to grow and develop in a balanced way. And so being stuck, uh usually inside with a device uh, to try and occupy them, it might be convenient for a parent who wants to get that stuff done, but at the same time, it's not uh, necessarily the best thing to have the kids all the time. Doesn't so matter. I guess this is right. This is where it's it's something that we live with today in terms of media but it's something that we really need to think very seriously about as to how much we want to, um, yeah, I guess use it in, with our, in our family situation. I know I think some some people have even researched um, the effect of screen time with children and I know that the findings are that especially for young children, it's not good for their development at all Yes, to be having screen time and so you want to minimize it or even better totally eliminate it um, and not have it until they're older um, to help them make sure that they get proper development cuz you're laying so many foundations for their lives at those young ages and if you miss if they miss they're getting that development it will affect them for life so i guess these are very important things to consider in terms of our priorities. <laughs> Maybe that thing that you're desperate to get done, is that really important? Or should mm. you take 15 minutes out, spend with your kids, uh, spend with your family or your spouse or whatever the situation is so that you can um, yeah, just, just have a, a healthy balance with all of yes. these things.
0: Oh, wonderful. All right, um, uh, Casey, thank you for all those um, insights and uh, uh, we are going to um, take a short break in uh, in a moment, uh, but just uh, before that, I would like to draw um, the attention of our listener towards uh, the offer which we pl- prepared for uh, today. And my dear friend, if you like to um To request this offer which we have, it's a wonderful book called Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life by Julian uh, Melagossa. If you aim for a joyful, balanced life and wish to have total health even in the imperfection of this world, from Jesus' suggestions, uh, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. This is from John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and verse 4. A growing body of um, scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope, forgiveness, and trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional Health. Dr. Julian uh, Melgosa uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential is that we partner with Christ in dealing with all two human experiences of depression, anger, guilt and stress and so on and so forth. My dear friend, this is a wonderful book which you should not miss. You just need to send us a text message today with the code SA115 and uh, 115, SA115 and this book is yours. Please don't hesitate to uh, send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one with the code SA one one five. And again, on the same number, you can come um, with us today on this program and maybe share with us in regard to what we just talked about that article and those ways of uh, how to manage um, our devices. Um, or you may have an experience like a. Um, Uh, mom uh, dealing with these things why not to give us um, probably even a suggestion or ask a question use this number and send us a text message again to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. right now we are going to take a short break and um, we will uh, play a song and then we'll be back with you very soon the song is called Fragile Heart This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. The
3: worst of it is all the storm becomes the calm The sun is slipping through the clouds Showing me the damage done To say that I've been beaten up Doesn't even scratch the surface I'm past the point of acting tough We both know how deep my hurt is I've heard that you're the God who can restore What this world steals i in a thousand pieces, would you show me how it feels? When a fragile heart finds healing hands, the places numb by pain start to feel again. But you've
0: back to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nikrita and our uh, co-host today is uh, uh, Casey coming all the way from New South Wales uh, via phone and um, we are uh, enjoying uh, you uh, Casey being with us being with us I was tempted to say that uh, name but I didn't master it Quite well. I wonder <laughs> if you did, you know. Um, uh, w- what's your surname? My
1: surname, yeah. My surname, Vakurka. Um, it's my husband is Croatian, yes. Uh,
0: Vakurka, Vakurka,
1: that's right. Yeah, you oh, got it. That's it. All right. It. Yes. Well,
0: I may say it now. It is all right. Yes, it,
1: it, you're good. <laughs>
0: and my dear friend listening today, uh. Um, If you you've been with us, the first part, uh, Casey Bakurka is a nutritionist um, and a lifestyle consultant, uh, uh, training and um, assessing. people with uh, with their condition and health uh, condition and uh, if you haven't heard the first part, uh, uh, please send us a text message and let us know from where you you are listening uh, right now and if you enjoyed this uh, program on uh, health in particular uh, we are um, talking today uh, about um, about health and God, the Bible and uh, a he- healthy lifestyle. Now, uh, uh, Casey, she's uh, also working with Cedarvale uh, uh, Health Lifestyle Retreat and uh, has also her um, uh, private uh, uh, business. Uh, yes, uh, Casey, just, just in a couple of words, tell our listeners about um, yeah, yourself and with what you are involved. so.
1: Sure. Um, yeah so I'm involved uh, at Cedar Valley I help to train some people there some of the staff with um, with doing things like massage and hydrotherapy uh, mm-hmm. but uh, my strongest professional background is in the area of nutrition I'm a nutritionist and I enjoy helping people understand more about um, diet and a healthy diet and and how to um, change uh, one's lifestyle and one's way of eating to be uh, more in the direction of optimal health. Um, Yeah, I find it very rewarding and um, I really enjoy uh, helping people with that. Beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, look, let's um, move a little bit into our... You know, study uh, today and um, just before that, I would like to mention again to our listeners that uh, the offer which we have for today, it's a wonderful uh, book, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life by Dr. Julian uh, Melgosa and uh, the code is SA115 please send a text message and claim this free offer which we have for you today. Now, uh, uh, Casey, the question which we are going to tackle a little bit more in the um, uh, time we have left today is uh, are health principles really part of biblical religion? Mm. Now if i pose this yep. question just uh first what is the first thing which comes in your mind as a you know as a nutritionist as a person who is interested in health and helping many people to live a healthy life what pops into your mind when we mention these uh, health principles and the uh, bible religion hmm.
1: Yeah very interesting i guess a lot of thoughts come to mind firstly i think that Probably many people in general wouldn't necessarily connect health with religion mm-hmm. uh, or health with biblical religion. Like they might think, oh yeah, my health, yeah, that's just just a part of my ordinary life. It doesn't really have much to do with with faith and God. Um, so I know that some people. Well, many people might think that, and and certainly there's many people who don't even have any sort of religion mm-hmm. who would be very much interested in health <laughs> and health principles because it's relevant for everyone. So um, there's there's those kind of thoughts that come to mind, but I guess there's also the thoughts of uh, which I would like to stress on this today is when you go through the Bible, you you find a lot of different links
2: mm-hmm. between.
1: Health principles and, and religion and there there does seem to be quite a connection there which is very interesting
0: Oh, well, that's very important that you mentioned that the Bible actually talks about uh, our health and how to maintain our health mm. uh, it's not leaving us in darkness there just as a, a created being and then uh, we do whatever we do and we say oops we did this and uh, now I, um, I I got stuck actually the Bible provides a lot of uh, uh, support and uh, counseling in regard to how yeah. to live healthy It's like uh, anything uh, we make with our own hands. You know, we then put a manual. <laughs> to
1: That's the, right. if, yes. you, if you have a car,
0: <laughs> if you buy a car, you have a manual and you know how to maintain it to to have the optimal uh, function. And yes. God is the same. God provided all those things. I wonder why, in these days in particular, but through the history, um, we are so neglectful. We are so, you know, uh, how to say, um, not interested in uh, uh. in the advice, in the guidance which God provided for us in the Bible. Would you be able to take us through some of the passages in the Bible and maybe yeah. uh, talk along uh, what's uh, from your own experience, as uh, as I said, uh, as a nutritionist and uh, a person involved uh, with health?
1: For sure. Yes, um, I like how you brought out, up just before about... Um uh, God giving us like a, a manual, the idea of like a, a manual when we make something, we give it a manual on how to use it because um, in from the biblical perspective, we believe that God made us. And so it makes sense that he would then give instruction on how we should live in terms of our health because of course, as the one who made us, he knows what's best. So it makes perfect sense. And we get a picture of what the ideal is um, from God's perspective as the, the designer, when we look at in, back in the Garden of Eden mm. in the first three chapters of Genesis, um, because God basically he made man, um, male and female, so there's social support there. place them in a garden, they're surrounded by nature. They've given lots of fresh fruits to eat. Uh, and um, the, plenty of sunshine and fresh air. They can their job was to work in the garden and look after it. So they're getting lots of exercise out in nature. And um, yeah, the the picture of of all of the important health principles uh, is right there at the beginning when God created this idyllic place for people to live. Um, and then we also see, of course, in the history, man, kind of sinned. Um, and then, uh, after that, God gave extra instructions for, um, people in terms of their diet, and He added that they should eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were going to need more nutrients, um, once they had, once the things changed, once they had sinned. So basically, they, um, yeah, they, that, that is something that changed. Um, but God was caring about that and he said, look, you need to eat this and then you'll, you'll be, you know, you'll be healthy and well. Um, so we find that at the beginning. Then if we continue a little bit in the earth's history, you have uh, the, story of the flood, also in Genesis, Genesis, oh, yes. um, seven through nine. Um, this one's very interesting because with the flood, it was, the flood picture in the Bible is one of a global flood. It destroyed everything that wasn't in the ark, which was like this big boat that uh, was made to look after the the people and the creatures inside. and uh, the instruction that God gave was that they were to take animals into the ark, but there were different kinds of animals. so certain animals were going to come in by twos and then, other animals were going to go in by sevens. And um, the reason for the sevens, it says the clean animals were to go by the sevens. And that basically, um, we understand more about that when we look a little bit ahead. But clean animals were animals that God had given special instructions on as to being ones that were safe to eat. Mm -hmm. And... um, so the reason why they needed to take extra was because but after the flood, when all the vegetation was destroyed, God actually gave permission for man to eat meat. But of course, it was the clean meat. Um, and that was why he had extra animals of the clean ones in the ark, because afterwards there was going to be a period of time when the vegetation was still going to be growing back. And um, people needed to survive until they could subsist more often. Some
0: of the um, vegetation again. And and you're saying that was not necessarily uh, the ideal, um, but uh, because of circumstances, yeah, God allowed that. And with the, as you just pointed out, uh, with that Hmm. condition, uh, to eat the clean animals which got yes. provided in seven pairs uh, because if you if you start eating the other you'll run out very quickly on the other ones and you'll not be able even to preserve that um, species, that's right. species you know and uh, yes that's a, that's very important uh, uh, point and even to mention that um, before the flood uh, people uh, they were living very long like uh, 8 9 right. uh, 100 years and after mm. the flood, straight away after the flood, in the next uh, couple of generations, dropped to hundred and twenty, mm, and it could bad. be it could be because of the um, uh, food we we eat right now, uh, and they ate yeah. at that time. Yeah, sorry definitely. to interrupt there. Yeah, continue your thought.
1: No, no, definitely, it's a good point because it actually says in Genesis nine, it, God says that even while He gave provision provisions. For them to eat meat, um, and he gave conditions for them eating meat. You know, even if with the clean animals, they weren't to eat meat that had the blood in it. Mm. So there were very strict, like, um, recommendations on eating meat. But even with those recommendations, God said that you know, for every animal that you eat, is He's going to require the same from your life. Mm. And so that gives us the idea that eating meat is going to shrink the longevity which is exactly what happened. And it's also exactly what we see today, that eating a lot of meat or a high meat diet carries the risk of a lot of diseases which can take one's life out younger. So um, God certainly knew what he was talking about and the the, the things that he recommended were for the people's best good at the time. And um, we find a lot more of these specific recommendations for health when you go a little bit further down in the history of the human race um, to the time when the children of Israel were um, alive and um, they had just come out of Egypt. And uh, in Egypt, they they lost some of the understanding of Mm -hmm. God's original instructions about health. And so God had to, through Moses, who was his representative and servant, um, give the this race of people very very specific instructions that he taught them all about the clean animals and how to tell them versus unclean and all sorts of other hygiene laws and what to do with you know clothing that might be contaminated and water and sanitary things um, uh, requirements for, you know, dealing with waste and all sorts of stuff. So God was very specific because he was interested in in the welfare of these people and so he was teaching them a lot and he gave promises to them that if they took notice of what he was saying, he would actually protect them from disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, we see an example of health uh, coming out in the history of... Um, God is knowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot of information
0: in that section. Oh, by, um, by the way, uh, just on uh, on that one in Leviticus, uh, my dear friend, if mm-hmm. you want to really uh, check that out, uh, Revelation uh, chapter um, 11 to maybe 15, uh, including 15 to just to read about those accounts uh, and um understand why God told um Israel all these principles. Now, uh, Casey, you just mentioned that they uh, maybe forgot while they were in uh, in Egypt for over four hundred years, and uh, it can be the case today with us. We we forgot about certain things, you know. Uh, life goes well, or whatever it is, uh, but it's very important to be reminded and uh, not to just um, pick up here and there, whatever who. Somebody says, but to go to to the creator of us all uh, to understand what he had in plan for us was the optimal, um, you know, uh, diet or the, those principles, because it's not only about diet uh, in Genesis. For example, right away, uh, God uh, uh, speaks about creation and how God created uh, what sort of food for for humans or for animals and so on and so forth, but God also said that He rested. From no, God didn't. Uh, I mean, I believe He's didn't got tired necessarily, but He was giving an example uh, for us all to rest in God. But we are in uh, these days on on the go, you know, twenty four seven. No rest for many people, you know, and I think uh, that's very important. And then, in um, as you just said, in uh, Leviticus, uh, it's very, very clear about what we, t- uh, namely, even God names, you know, animals and uh, clean and unclean animals. Which one are clean? Which are unclean? And so on and so forth. Very particular. I like that. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. God was very, very particular and specific, and the people really needed that, and we still need that today too, to understand exactly what is good for yeah. us and what isn't. And, yes. Yeah.
0: And and God was not uh, necessarily uh, only exclusively interested in Israel. I I think yes. God uh, provided all this information through Israel to be mm. uh, to be shared with other people. And do we have any examples in the Bible from people who are uh, not from Israel and uh, benefited of God's, uh, um, uh, you know, instructions?
1: Yes, yes. So we can look a little bit later in the history of Israel and, um, well, in the history of what the Bible record is, actually. Um, And we find someone, a very interesting story about an individual called Naaman and this story can be found in 2 Kings 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, with his situation, he was someone who uh, had contracted leprosy, which was in that time basically like a death sentence to have yeah. leprosy. It was a slow death um, that gradually degraded the body. And um, he uh, was told by someone who had come from Israel uh, that if he went there, he could visit a, a certain person who was a prophet, um, and he would be able to receive healing for his condition. Mm-hmm. And he went and saw this first, this prophet. I believe it was the prophet Elijah, and um, he was given some certain instructions. They were to do something very simple: go and wash in a dirty river, <laughs> and um, and then if he had faith, God would bring healing, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so Naaman received healing as a result of faith in God's uh, representative um, for his ways. And so he was a beneficiary of, of health through a connection with someone who had faith in God. And there's other examples of that. Like there was uh, later on, um, well, this was some examples of people in Israel who have that uh, had experienced healing and this was again through through their religious experience as so King Hezekiah mm-hmm. um, he became sick and one day and um, you can find the story in 2 Kings chapter 20 and he was very distressed about this and so he prayed um, to God and um, God gave instructions for him I believe to go and take a like a cake of six, um and place it on the part of his body that was very sick and um, it healed and God restored him to health again and so we can see again working according to um, God's instructions combined with faith in God to bring healing, this is the way that um, there is a combination of
0: yes, yes, things and things absolutely right. And you know, uh, if we can look in the Bible over and over again, and we find so many examples in the Bible in regard to uh, the health requirements. And yeah. um, one uh, one story probably is very people will uh, will uh, very easily uh, recognize one of the. Um, uh, prophets of the Old Testament, uh, Daniel, uh, the one yeah. who was thrown into the, uh, lion's den, den. and <laughs> all those things. But you know, I don't know how many people pay attention, uh, pay attention at, um, at his life a bit earlier and his, uh, um, strong, uh, beliefs and position on health when he yes. was, uh, uh, required, you know, taken in Babylon, Israel or Taken in Babylon, and uh, he was there with some other friends. And uh, my dear friend, listening today, you may like to uh, to look at this story and read in chapter chapter one um, about this uh, situation when uh, Daniel and his friends they uh, um, kind of diplomatically, I will say, <laughs> refused uh, mm. the, the food uh, coming from the king's table and asked for a favor to be fed only with vegetables. And uh, yes. uh, they were found 10 times more wiser than uh, other people. You know, uh, there's nothing detrimental on the, because many people say, oh, if I don't eat this, this and that, I cannot work and do that. Oh, p- put that to test and you'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah,
1: and that's a very interesting story because, um, so as I understand it, this, this story of Daniel uh, refusing the food and requ- requesting a different type of food for a period of 10 days, and then they were going to check the results. This is the first example we have of an actual scientific study that has been done early in ancient times on someone's health where they've gotten the group and given two groups, different conditions, and then looked at the results afterwards. Um, So it's a very interesting thing. And Daniel and his friends, of course, are following um, principles of health that they knew from their religion. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were able to show in this test that um, the health principles they followed actually brought superior results. And... um, this was a very interesting thing because it it gave Daniel um, a certain degree of self control and wisdom mm-hmm. uh, through obviously God working through him um, and through his commitment to doing what the right thing was. So yeah, there's many of these these all these examples in the Bible. And there's lots of linkages between health and. Um, the religious experience or uh, or
0: a person's faith in God uh, in the Bible. Now, Um, uh, Casey, would you be able also, I'm I'm going to take a short break, but just think about uh, in the next maybe two, three minutes uh, we may have left, uh, if you can give us also some examples from the New Testament. It's not only about the Old Testament, it's about the whole Bible. But before you come back, I just want to remind our listeners that, uh, my dear friend, you can request a free offer which we have uh, for for uh, today, and uh, that's uh, the book uh, "Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life" by Dr. Julian uh, Melagosa. To get this book, Please. you just need to send us a text message with the code S A one one five. Now, uh, coming back uh, to you, um, Casey. Again, uh, very little sure. time we have left, but um, would you be able to just take us through some of the examples in the New Testament?
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, so it's very interesting. Of course, the new Testament features very strongly about Jesus and his life and his ministry, especially his ministry of healing. He healed many, many people. And, um, of course, uh, if you read the biblical account, you understand that, uh, Jesus was divine. So he had, he's, he has God, but come in human form. And, um, So you can think of Jesus as God here on earth working to help people. Mm. Um, And it's very interesting because it says that that, um, he went through, you can read this in Matthew 4.23, that he went about healing everyone's sickness and disease. It didn't matter which type, he was able to heal it. Um, But it also, in Matthew 13.58, Talks about how certain people Jesus wasn't able to heal because they they didn't believe in him. Mm. They, they had unbelief. And so that kind of really shows a linkage between healing and faith. And um, Jesus and, and God's work of healing is very much uh, got a, a conditional element on an individual having faith and being willing to cooperate with whatever it takes to um, to bring that healing. And usually, um, based on some of the other uh, examples in the Bible, God might give some instructions to them. You mm-hmm. need to do this and that in order to receive healing. And so if people have faith both in God's power to heal as well as in obeying those instructions, then God brings the healing. And so that's, there's many, many examples you can find uh, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of this kind of thing happening.
2: Absolutely. Um, but you
1: also find... Um, you also find some in, in the book of Acts even, so this is Jesus' disciples now who were working and serving to bring healing and there was a there's an example, a story in Acts chapter 3, for example of a lame man who was healed. And um, again it was the same kind of thing. The disciples asked him, you know, if you have faith, just stand up and walk. Mm. And that was how they did it back then. So again, it's I guess we're looking for the principles here because um in every day and age, there might be a different approach, but uh the principle is have faith and comply with the the instructions or the conditions that are going to be best for health, and then healing will come, and it's usually involves a faith in god um, uh so yeah, it's very interesting that these these same principles you can find throughout the old and the new testament and Beautiful. um. In, uh, in the New Testament, in the book of God, John, verse 2, talks about John's wish for all of the people, and certainly in this case, the letter that he was writing, the person he was writing to says, he wishes above all things that this man will prosper and be in health, even if his soul prospers. And so that really highlights and echoes this, the sentiment of, um, uh, I think, everyone who has a a biblical-based religious experience, that you're not only interested in a person's spiritual welfare, but you're also interested just in their everyday welfare and their health in that space. Um, And that's certainly something that we can see consistently that throughout the biblical record that God is interested in both of those elements. He's interested in having a relationship with people um, but he's also interested in people's welfare, which is why he's given all of these instructions that you can read about. Yes. In almost every yeah. era of the Bible, there's something that shows that there's some instructions to do with people's everyday health and well-being.
0: That's and, wonderful.
1: Uh, I think, and yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I, means, I have
0: to you just bring you it to a close is, now. I'm no <laughs> Sorry, <problem>. the time <laughs> is totally uh, against us, but uh, yeah. you mentioned something very important in uh, the in John um uh, three john and um uh uh, it says there that we wish you to prosper and we wish you my dear friend listening today that you should prosper in all aspects and in, in health in particular um that's all from us today but if you have some uh, question or thoughts even in regard to what uh, casey was sharing she may come with us tomorrow for a short time but i will have her for another hour on friday and um, uh, please don't uh, hesitate to contact us uh, the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one now Now, uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about uh, Anzac Day because it's a special uh, day um, and we'll um, look at this uh, lest we forget. Until then, may God richly bless you, my dear friend, and have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of uh, Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.